I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 217. And I'm back to normal. I use that word loosely, but I don't sound like I'm dying anymore. Thank goodness. I bet editing that you were like, God, her voice. Well, it was more of the sniffs and the coughs. Yeah. Okay, jumping in. The first one. Loco Joco True Crime. Hey, Donnie and Carrie, I'm Destiny. Yes, you can use my name. This is my first time sending y'all at Sinister Sightings, so I'm going to make sure I won't fuck it up. But first, I just want y'all to know how much y'all mean to me. My buddy slash coworker put me on y'all, and I haven't eased up from y'all's podcast ever since. I literally listen to y'all every single day at work while sterilizing dental instruments. I tried listening to y'all from the beginning, but my Spotify fucked me up, so I'm all over the damn place. Y'all remind me so much of my mom and my nanny. They're besties and shit talk each other all the time. There ain't nothing like tough love. But before I start, I just want to relate to Donna for a minute. I know this was probably a while ago for you, Donna, but I recently, like three months ago, found out you are someone who suffered a pulmonary embolism. Well, I was pregnant earlier this year, 2022, and during pregnancy, I was swollen. Yeah, I know, you get swollen when you're pregnant, but my ankles had their own satellite. They were so big. I kept going back to the OBGYN in concern of my ankles, and they kept telling me that it's normal and part of the whole pregnancy thing. Their solution was to prop my feet up anytime they're swollen and stay off my feet. Well, Miss Ma'am, my job requires me to be on my feet all day, every day. But I did rest and prop my feet whenever I got the chance. On June 28th, 2022, I had my first baby girl. When I was pushing, I remember my vision going in and out and thinking I was going to pass out. But then I heard her cry and I burst into uncontrollable tears. It was the most beautiful moment ever. Well, the next day, I noticed anytime I got up to go use the restroom or take care of my baby, it would be super hard for me to breathe. But I thought it was all normal since my body just went through some trauma. So I didn't think to mention it to the nurse. Well, my nanny, maternal grandma, came to visit me, or should I say my baby, at the hospital and noticed how I was breathing. When I told her what I felt, she told me this was not normal and that I needed to tell the nurse ASAP. When the nurse came in, I told her everything I was feeling. So they ordered a CAT scan to be done and an ultrasound of both my legs. After all of that was done and the nurse came in with the results along with the rest of the staff, it felt like there were so many people in there. They told me I have a blood clot in my left ankle, my right ankle, and in my right lung. I was devastated and cried so hard. I just can't stop thinking of what would have happened if I never told my nanny and went home feeling that way. So when I heard Donna had it too, it tore me up since I know how it feels. I just wonder how it was for you. I'm so glad that you recovered well and that you're okay. Anyway, enough about my sad story that wasn't supposed to be sad and back to the true crime story I was telling y'all. So picture it. We're going back to the quarantine days of March 2020. In Johnston County, aka Joko, hence the subject of this email, Clayton, North Carolina. Sorry, they said Clayton, uh, comma, NC, and then in parentheses, that's North Carolina, Carrie. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know me at all, except you do. Police received a call about a domestic-related shooting. When the police arrived to the scene, they find 21-year-old Lindsey Webb's body in the front yard, 23-year-old William Kyle Parker's body in the backyard of where they both resided, and a 45-year-old male who was Lindsey's father was wounded and taken to the hospital for treatment. The supporting articles that I pulled this information from states that the officers are unsure of the relationship of the two. My brother, who knew both Lindsey and Kyle, told me they were a couple. I searched them both on Facebook to fact check my brother's statement before sharing it to everyone. Spoiler, he was right, obviously, or else I wouldn't have said it. 
Okay, back to the beginning of how it all started. You see, what happened was Lindsay's dad got wind of the ruckus that was going on at the couple's house. The ruckus I speak of was only arguing at the time. So her dad went over there to the house to pick her up. And when he got there, he sees that Lindsay had been shot and killed by Kyle in the front yard. His fatherly love and instincts kicks in and goes to shoot Kyle, who is now in the backyard. But before her dad could pull the trigger, Kyle shoots her dad in the arm. Directly after he was shot in the arm, he then shoots Kyle, killing him. Police say they found multiple guns on the scene. They then say there is no danger to the public, and I don't believe Lindsay's father was ever charged for anything, but I'm not sure. I couldn't find anything on that. I'm sorry if that was a bit everywhere. I really tried, but that's all for now. I have more paranormal stories I can share if y'all want. I won't give you any cliffhangers since I hate when others do that because I really want to know it all then and there. Thank you for reading my story. Destiny from North Carolina. Oh, and P.S. Carrie and I share the same birthday. Only mine was 16 years later than hers. Yes, I'm kind of a youngin. All right, bye. I love the, all right, bye. I know. (laughs) That's so me. It's like, I can totally see why the dad wasn't charged because he went over there to like get her out of the situation. And then when he went back there, like he was literally shot at. Yeah. But also like, that's where it gets muddy for me though, because he went with a gun. I mean, obviously we assume, we don't know any of the details. Like if there were a bunch of guns at the scene, did he like, oh my God, he's firing on me. Let me grab this one like I don't we don't know that but if he went with a gun it feels like he went with that for protection but on the flip side if it's totally within his rights of wherever wherever in North Carolina Mm -hmm. for him to be carrying a gun then I don't know and if he didn't have it he's literally like a sitting duck yeah or that could be argued Kyle was in the backyard though I don't know I can see both sides yeah because if the dad died and Kyle didn't I mean obviously Kyle would be in trouble for killing Lindsay but it could be argued that he was standing his ground mm. at his house if that's even a law in North Carolina. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like the dad came into his house with a gun, you know? Yeah. God, Ugh. see, this is why I can't write laws because I'm like, <laughs> but if the wind blows north. <laughs> uh, let's back up to that she had a pulmonary embolism too and blood clots in her ankles. Both ankles. Oh my gosh. So glad you told them that. Yes. That's what's hard. It's like, Donna and I always say this, am I dying or am I fat? Like, (laughs) do I have a blood clot in my lungs or am I fat and can't breathe because I'm trying to walk somewhere? Mm -hmm. Am I swollen because my blood pressure is higher or am I fat? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many things that we have that it's like, okay, is it a list of A through F or am I fat? But that comes from a lot like medical trauma where it's like, well, if you just lose weight... And then, you know, you actually go to a specialist and they're like, wait, how are you walking around? You're so depleted of this, this, and this because you have an issue. And you're like, oh, I thought I was just fat. Right. And I do get that a lot of the medical reimbursements are tied to that kind of thing. So like, that's why when you go to the doctor for a migraine and they talk to you about your weight, it's because they have to. The insurance dictates that they do. Like they won't get paid in some instances. I'm not saying every instance, but if you go in with a migraine and you have a high BMI and they don't quotes around counsel you about it, the insurance company could deny the claim. That's ridiculous. So some of it really truly isn't their fault. Yeah. How they go about it is though. True. Speaking of medical stuff, I ended up cutting this out because you couldn't really hear us. But randomly, Carrie remembered, like she just started laughing and she said, do you remember that time that the doctor said, tell me anything, even if you don't think it's (laughs) anything. And I'm like, well, sometimes I hear birds. (laughs) 
Yes, it was when she was going to the dermatologist for her weird skin shit that we still don't even know what it is. And he was like, <laughs> okay, tell me anything, even if it's weird, because it may be related. I'm like, that motherfucker didn't know the Pandora's box he just opened. I will still hear them, though. It's like um, in my ears. She's like, so sometimes I smell smoke and sometimes I hear birds in my ears that aren't there. <laughs> God almighty. And that's her holding back. (laughs) But we now know, I mean, he didn't know anything about that, but you do have to say everything that you might not think is a big deal because it really might be tied to it. Hence the blood clot in the leg, you know, you think it and in your lungs and all the things because you were like, oh, I just had a baby. That's normal to not be able to breathe. Okay. The next one. Lady with the white hair. Hello, my besties, even if you don't know it. It's your girl from Colorado. This is going to be a long one, but I don't apologize because you're going to love it. This is a story told to me by my husband. He was around 18 at the time and his older brother was 22. And his brother's wife at the time was 18. I have to mention that they were hardcore bikers. They ran with a very prominent biker gang and they were afraid of nothing. And when I say nothing... I mean nothing. Okay, tell me you're not cool without telling me you're not cool because I thought you meant pedal, pedal bike. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, they're like trail riders, like Lance Armstrong type, Sands the drugs. Right, I was like, ooh. They lived in Fort Worth, Texas. The house is no longer there. It's since been destroyed, so I feel like it's okay to say the road name. It was Clinton Street. It can be looked up online, but there's no house. It's just a vacant lot. When they moved from the place, the owners after them went under the house and found a complete baby skeleton. (gasps) Several things happened in that place. Money, especially coins, would fall out of the walls and roll into the middle of the floor. Like very old money, I might add. The piano in the back foyer would play by itself. The chairs in the house would slide across the floors at night when everyone was asleep. Once my husband's sister-in-law said that she had seen an old woman folding clothes in the laundry room. Her dad called a priest to come bless the house. He got through the front door and then he got deathly sick and refused to come back. They were once sitting at the kitchen table and from out of nowhere, milk shot across their faces. Lights came on by themselves, the push button kind. It came on once and they were sitting in a different room and the light in the living room came on. My husband went to the living room and as he reached for the switch to turn it back off, the button actually turned itself off. Something pushed the button. He saw it with his own eyes and it was a reoccurring thing. His brother's bedroom was directly beside the foyer. There was no door, just a doorway leading into his room. The importance of that is that my husband and his ex-wife were sleeping on a pallet at the foot of his brother's bed and at exactly 3 a.m. when my husband looked at his watch, someone or something stomped through the foyer up to his head where he was laying on the pallet and stopped. He was asleep, but it woke him and his ex-wife up. She threw the blankets up over her head and he looked and nothing was there. Crazy things have happened in that house, as you've read, but nothing as crazy as this. My husband, his ex-wife, his brother, and his sister-in-law, as well as her sister, all decided to have a seance in that foyer. Dumb, I know. They were asking questions like the normal ones. Who's in the house? What's your name? If they can make themselves known? Those kinds of questions. Then suddenly, someone looked in the mirror behind them and there was an old woman floating in the air. She was too high to be walking. Everyone broke the circle like idiots when they saw her in the mirror. 
When they did, my husband's sister-in-law fell over the table. Her hair went white and she looked like an old woman. When she spoke, no one remembers what she said, oddly. It was in the voice of an old woman. She had a really bad headache the rest of the night and the day after. She had a gray streak in her hair that she still has as far as everyone knows. They were terrified and left out of the room. Crazy enough, they didn't move out for some time after that. Remember, these were like big biker men. The kind that have seen things that would make your hair stand up. And this scared the crap out of them. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Thanks for taking the time to read this. We love y'all. Please keep doing what you're doing. Lots of love from Colorado, Amanda G. Why do people who know shit about shit when it comes to Supernatural are like, let's do a seance. I eat me. (laughs) I'm like... Are you just trying to get haunted? I know, but we're just so eager to find answers. Closure is how I will die. It truly is like your Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. But that's wild that she still had like a gray streak in her hair. Wasn't that on a movie where that happened to somebody? Hell, all I can think about is Stacey London. (laughs) Hell, that may be who I'm thinking of. Okay, the next one. Hey girls, so I have a few stories that I'll combine into one big cool story. A little backstory. I'm currently 17 and a high school senior. Dang, the last two I've read, they're youngsters. So we are cool. No, we're not. No, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) When I was about five, my mom, sister, and I were all coming back from a Target run. My mom opened up the side door for me, and I stood on the landing talking to someone. When my mom asked me who I was talking to, I told her I was talking to the lady with the hat. She didn't see someone and picked me up and ran the fuck out of there. My neighbor searched our house, and he didn't find anything. My mom found a pastor to come bless her home. Growing up, weird shit would happen to me in that house, which I always blamed on a ghost named Peggy. I just picked the name when I was young, and it stuck. Soon I realized that Peggy was a real person, and she was a ghost. I had a dream once where this lady would walk down my street every morning to church. There's a church at the corner of my street. Later in the dream, she got run over by a car and she would roll her wheelchair down to the church every morning. I lightheartedly told my mom about it and she said that actually had happened when my mom was pregnant with me and that Peggy used to be obsessed with me. She helped my mom pick the color of my nursery and several other things. Turns out Peggy's favorite color was yellow, which makes sense because my room used to be yellow and I had several dresses that were yellow even though my mom hated the color color yellow. Growing up, everything that I owned that was a gift from a relative that was yellow always went missing. I would lightheartedly tell Peggy to give me my stuff back and it would appear on the floor in the middle of my room. Now, as an almost adult, I call myself a medium. I see dead people all the time and Peggy and I have fun conversations and she likes to stroke my hair as I fall asleep and give me soft kisses on my left temple as I drift off to sleep. You can use my name, Alexa, your friendly neighborhood teenage medium. P.S. I have more stories. Let me know if you want more. We sure do, Alexa. Yes, we do. I mean, I got really high pitched on that. (laughs) I'm surprised your Alexa didn't come on. Well, it's not in this room, but it would have if I was in that. (laughs) But yes, we know you're jealous that her hair gets stroked. God damn it. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I think it would creep me out, though. I really don't think I could do it. I think you could. If I knew them, like if I knew them, like, you know, Peggy, maybe. I don't know, though. That's pretty creepy. No, you would be like, okay, I like how you do it, but will you actually just focus on the ends? You know, you're really (laughs) not wrong. Also, the name Peggy freaks me out only because of Peggy the doll. Yeah. I think every Peggy I know is quality, though. Yeah, me too. I only know one. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hey, uh, my name's Melissa, and I've lived my entire life in Oregon. 
I discovered you guys through the Creeps and Crimes podcast yesterday, and I've listened to just about 30 episodes so far, maybe 25. Anywho, I figured I'd throw in some stories that I have that make me a firm believer in the paranormal. We're going to start with everything that has centered around my late grandfather. Ever since he passed away, things have happened that were just him, in essence and action. The first encounter was one I had. I used to work at a candy store on the coast, and we were doing inventory in the warehouse above the actual store. I was alone in this area at the time and attempting to count the Charleston shoes, my grandpa's favorite candy. There was only one bag of cherry, so I pulled it down to double check and then put it back up on the shelf. Keep in mind that this was the only bag of candy on a very large shelf, and I had pushed it all the way to the back. I began to walk away when I heard a thump behind me. Upon turning around, the bag was at least three feet from the shelf on the floor. I decided to shrug it off and say I didn't push it back as far as I thought, despite the obvious distance it had traveled and replaced it in its spot. This happened two more times before I finally said, listen, Grandpa, I really need to finish this section and the candy stayed in place. The second is one that my ex-best friend told me. When I moved down to my grandma's apartment, my friend had needed a place to stay and ended up taking my room. My grandma usually slept in the chair in the living room because she has a bad neck, and my friend would tell me stories about how she would see a large, man-like shadow figure standing over my grandma in the middle of the night when she would go to the bathroom. When asked, my grandma just said it was grandpa waiting on her. Another thing that gets me is before something bad happens, I always smell his cologne. Like one time, I narrowly avoided being hit by a car because I was drowned in the thick scent of his cologne and it stopped me in my tracks, making me miss the signal to walk. If I had, I would have been ran down by the semi-truck that had ran the red light. Something else that has always freaked me out happened to my ex-boyfriend, but it used me to do the confusing. I got a call from my then-boyfriend while I was at work, demanding why I was messing with him. Upon my confusion, he said that he had just heard me and not to play stupid. Apparently, he heard the door to the laundry room open and shut, and then my voice calling out his name. The only way into the laundry room is from an inside door that made you cross in front of our bedroom to enter. I have loads more, but I don't want to bog you down. Stay creepy, Melissa. Well, your grandpa seems like a guardian angel for sure. I love the smell of cologne. Sometimes I do. I don't like it when it's really strong. I don't think anyone likes it when it's really strong. I know, but like I'm too finicky about it. Like I want you to be like, boop, and that's it. Yeah. And I want to say it's sweet that your grandma said, oh, it's just grandpa waiting on me. But that's also very weird, too. Like to think, oh, no, he's just standing there waiting on me to die. Right. (laughs) Well, and now we know why your boyfriend's an ex, because he seemed mean. Don't scare me like that. Okay, shit. Rude. What I don't like is don't play stupid. Oh, I forgot about that. Absolutely not. Don't say that shit to me. Don't ever call me stupid. Okay, the next one. It's called Scary Stories. One of the most standout experiences that I've ever had was when a close friend of mine died by suicide when I was in college. For a while afterwards, I would be walking around campus and feel his energy, but when I went home for that summer, I didn't feel him around, at least not until I went back the following winter to university. I'd been working on a project with a couple of friends for our student organization when I suddenly had the urge to look up my friend's gravestone on his memorial page. As I was considering getting a tattoo in memory of him, and it included a rose. When I found a picture of his headstone, the rose I was considering getting done was exactly like the one on his headstone. 
Now, a couple of weeks later, I had reached out to one of my friends that was with me the night I found my friend's headstone in order to get some guidance and how to work with feelings for my friend's spirits in my room and following me a lot more than I had felt previously. She had come over that weekend for coffee and advised me that my friend was trying to cross over but had some unfinished business to take care of before he did so. My friend had some messages to send his mother and girlfriend, which my friend who came over for coffee and I relayed for him. Once this was done, I almost immediately felt a huge difference in the room. The second part of this was not long after this happened, another one of my friends who was working on stuff with me initially had asked me to go to the science building with her so that she could get some of her research done. She shared with me that there were a couple of new cadavers that had come in and she was more than willing to let me look at them. At that moment, I was hooked. So we had gone up and I started looking at the first cadaver. There was only one that had come up. So to this point, the other one was on its way. Now, as I was looking at this cadaver, I had managed to pick up his hand and as I was looking at it, I accidentally dropped his hand. Instantly, my stomach sank. However, all I heard was a chuckle like you would hear if an elderly gentleman had chuckled, like a grandfatherly figure. I asked my friend, we'll call her Sadie, if she heard anything and she said no. After that, we continued our business and creating small talk. We finished up what we were doing and then put the cadaver back, spraying him down and whatnot. Sadie and I went home for the night and all was good. Sadie let me know that the other cadaver had come in and asked me if I wanted to go with her again to the science building. Based on my previous experience, I agreed because I figured it would be another awesome opportunity. This time, though, didn't go as well. As I was going through the process of observing the cadaver and picked up his hand to look at it and dropped it, this is where things got worse. I felt a super negative energy immediately and knew it wasn't going to be good. It felt like this gentleman was genuinely upset that I had disrespected his body. I quickly sprayed down the body and put it away. I told Sadie that we needed to go ASAP because I had a pit in my stomach and it was telling me to leave and quickly. Unfortunately, Sadie still had to finish up what she was doing and it took about another 30 to 45 minutes for her to finish. She eventually finished, got her things away, and then she went to get her coat and backpack. All of the energy completely drained from her body. She then understood why I was so adamant as to why I kept saying we need to leave. So we quickly shut off all the lights, locked the doors of the lab, and left the building. On her way home, Sadie shared with me that she had never seen me move so fast as I did when I put the cadaver away. Hands down, one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had. The last experience I wanted to share with you was from my first year at university during freshman orientation. My roommate and I had just moved in and had been making friends pretty quickly. A couple of our friends had friends that they had knew as family friends, and we all ended up sitting in the hallway outside our room. Come to find out, the building that my roommate and I were living in had several spirits in it as it was the oldest residence hall on campus. That's still standing. Second oldest building next to the admission building, which was pretty much right next door. When my university first opened, it was an all-women's school to train them to be teachers. This was before World War I, that school was opened, 1891. Now, come World War II, there was a student attending by the name of Florence, and she had been courted by a young man in her hometown. When she left for school, he had been sent off to war, and their communication had begun to dwindle significantly. And it slowed down so much that she had gone several weeks without hearing from him, and she started getting relatively depressed about it. She ended up hanging herself from one of the rafters on the fourth floor ceiling. Eventually, her beau had come home from the war and heard of Florence's passing, and it brought his spirits down significantly. He ended up going to their hometown and taking his own life as well. Now, coming back to 2003, the building had been remodeled and the fourth floor was no longer a sunroom, but split into two separate wings for women and one for men. As by this time, the school had become co-ed and the entire school had expanded to include several other co-ed residence halls. 
Florence's room had been on the fourth floor at the top of the stairs that were right next to where my room was. Coming back to my freshman orientation, my roommate, our friends, and I were hanging out in the hallway outside of our room, and the idea of doing a Ouija board in our room came up. We ended up doing it, and it was definitely a whirlwind. We had made contact with a spirit, never got a name. However, after we closed the connection, my roommate refused to sleep in our room that night and stayed with our friends. I had the opportunity to stay with them, but I stayed in our room instead. Eventually, everyone went to bed, and I fell asleep relatively quickly. At about 2.30 in the morning, I was woken up to a loud crack that sounded like a tree branch snapping right by the head of my bed. I sat right up and started looking around the room. As soon as I looked at my roommate's message board, it slid right down the wall and landed on her desk. It was on the wall right next to the door on the opposite side of the room. I texted my roommate right away and told her what happened. Never again have I touched a Ouija board. Thank you so much, Alexandra. A lot of Ouija boards. And we got an Alexa and an Alexandra. Ooh. That's so sad about Florence and her boo. I know. But I mean, like he was at war. I mean, you know, they can't just, I mean, they, they don't just get mail like that willy nilly. I know, but she probably had attachment disorders like She I was did. you. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely you. Stay away from Ouija boards and seances. <laughs> Quit summoning people. You know I'm a talker, but here's the issue with the Ouija board. The spirits would get mad because I'd be guessing what they were yes. saying. They, they would be like mid-word and just go up, no. <laughs> mid-word, no. Mid-word, no. I can't help it. I'm a guesser. No. <laughs> Could you imagine if Colby was like the spirit no. using the Ouija board? Oh, oh my, my God. God. Let me finish. Okay, fine. We'll do it faster. <laughs> okay, the next one. Mail from a murderer. Hi, ladies. First of all, you are both my best podcast friends, and I'm so thankful to have found this little slice of love and creep. This is long. My apologies. I want to share with you the time my daughter, age four, received mail from a murderer. Yep. You read that right. Let me explain. We came home to see a package on the front door addressed to my daughter from a person we'll call Glenn. We opened it and it was full of cute cat-themed items, a blanket, hat, mittens, and a couple of stuffed animals. Very thoughtful and at the time she was very into cat items, so I assumed it was from a person we knew. I flipped the box over and saw that it was from Glenn, omit last name, whom I have zero ideas who it could be. A little put off because here's my sweet little four-year-old receiving mail from a stranger. I took to Google to figure out who this person was. I typed his name and state into Google and up popped Gary versus State. Okay, weird. The full name matched with the same state listed on the affidavit. I read on. I'm omitting some info for privacy. The appellant and the deceased, a nightclub dancer, had lived together for about 18 months in the motorcycle club in blank. They were returning from blank city with the appellant driving her automobile. The appellant stopped on the shoulder behind a parked moving van driven by a witness. Approaching the witness, the appellant told him, I'm a German general. I want my orders. I have a flaky broad with me and I'm going to kill her. He also asked, are there any choppers in the area? The witness could see a woman and a dog in the car. On the appellant's return to the car, they saw flashes and heard about five shots. The appellant asked the witness, should I dump her here or down the road? Then the appellant drove off rapidly. So at this point, I was in a panic because what the actual fuck and also what happened to the dog? So what do I do? I call my mom. Duh. Mom, who is Glenn so-and-so? Erica, that's my lifelong friend, Glenn. 
I had known this man by a completely different name my entire life. She tells me what happened that night. He had been suffering severely from PTSD from the Vietnam War and came home to living life on less than the straight and narrow. He and his girlfriend had taken a ton of drugs, including psychedelics, and he just snapped. He did 20 years for the murder and clearly is out. So say no to drugs, creep it real, and stay away from murderers. Love you guys. P.S. I'll write again soon about the presents that followed my daughter around for two years. So your mom's like buddy-buddy with him, and so he knows that your daughter likes cat things because of that? Question mark? I think so. Why is your mom spilling all your daughter's tea? That is true. Like, to a convicted murderer. I mean, I do feel sorry for him that he was, like, going through PTSD stuff. But, like, Mom, you can't be telling people all her stuff. Yeah. Who are you, Donna? That, I was going to say, that would be something I would do. Yes, and that's something I would say. Donna, you can't show your fuckboys where I live. It's on the way to the place we always go to eat. They don't need to know where I live. I know. I haven't done it to the last two. After you told me, it made sense. But it's just because I talk about you so much, so it's like, oh, that's where Carrie lives. I don't know. I'm a talker. Well, hopefully he didn't send any other care packages. Okay, the next one. Haunted Airbnb. Hey, ladies. Been a while since I wrote in, but I had a crazy experience at an Airbnb, and I'm just getting around to writing in. Sorry for how long it is. A few months ago in May, this is late December 2022 for those wondering, two of my cousins were graduating from high school in California. I live in... Okay, well, they didn't help me out like she did with North Carolina. IA, Iowa? My whole family, immediate and extended, went to California. My immediate family and I had an Airbnb. By immediate, I mean mom, stepdad, stepsister, brother, sister-in-law, and niece and nephew. My niece and nephew were a year and a half and three, respectively. Sorry, lots of exposition, but most of it makes sense, I promise. I had a weird feeling from the second we walked in, but nothing ominous, just a bit off. My mom and I were sharing a room before my stepdad came for the last few days of vacation. And our room was colder than any other room, including the room that had the actual AC unit in it. My mom and I were getting ready for bed the first night there, and the door popped open. We both were expecting either my niece or nephew, but no giggling faces asking for grandma or Aunt Yoey. My mom and I exchanged looks, and she just shut the door and said we must not have shut it well enough, even though I was pretty sure I closed it tight. We went to bed, and I have insanely vivid dreams. Throughout the first of the week, the door would randomly open even after we were 100% sure it closed tight. Finally, as I was getting ready to go swimming, it opened again. I had had enough. I shut the door, looked around the room, and said, I want to thank you for letting us stay here. I promise we will take good care of your house. But you can't just keep opening the door on us when we're getting dressed. If you're respectful the rest of the week, I'll make sure we leave the house better than we found it. Nobody randomly opened the door the rest of the week. I think the ghosts, whoever they were, just wanted to know we were taking care of their house. And I made sure that the house was spotless when we left. I hope the people who stay in the house in the future will be kind to the ghost that's there and just take care of the house. As always, love you ladies. I know you won't read this until well into 2023, but I want to thank you for helping me through 2022. It was a rough year and hearing you two helped so much, even though you both went through your own rough times. Wow, this is a long one. Sorry, you can use my name. Love, Zoe. I hope 2023 is going better for you, Zoe. It's like every time we're like, this year's going to be great. Trauma. (laughs) Wrong. Think again. We were so confident for 2020. Yeah, we were. See, I have no chill. So if I thought there was a ghost or something, I would freak my freak. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be like, hey, I respect you. Just let us get dressed. You know, all the things like I would be like high pitched screaming. If I was chill enough to do what they did, I would also be like, 
okay, in my head, I would want to do this. But I'd be like, but can you still keep this room that cold? Because I'm really digging that. (laughs) Okay, the last one. Hey, Carrie, Donna, Jax, and Marbu, and the rest of the Creepsters. George B. here again. In my last email, I discussed dreams, starting with the semi-prophetic ones that I used to have when I was younger, but that had stopped completely, or so I thought. Several years ago, I can't even remember how many years, I had a dream about my sister's double-wide trailer. I was visiting her in the dream and was walking around the house when I suddenly stumbled upon the master bedroom that I'd never seen in the trailer before. It was big, and in the back wall of the bathroom was a walk-in closet that had two doors, one on either side, and one was very long, taking up most of the back wall of the trailer. When I woke up, I thought about the dream, but had no idea what to think, since her trailer had no such bathroom or walk-in closet. I never forgot that dream, however, and often thought about it and wondered what it could possibly mean. Well, just over a month ago, my sister and her family moved. They sold the old double wide and bought a new one, which they had put over near my niece's house. My brother-in-law, who's 17 years older than my sister, is getting up in age and has several health issues, so they figured it would be best if they lived near their daughter and her family. On Christmas Day, I drove up for the day and saw the new-to-them trailer for the first time in person. My sister gave me the tour, and when we went into the master bathroom, I felt something pulling on my mind, but didn't think anything of it until she showed me the walk-in closet with doors on either side of the garden tub. And that's when it hit me about the dream. I even told her about it and added in my dream that the closet was longer, but otherwise it was pretty much how I dreamt it many years ago. So there we go, yet another prophetic dream that means absolutely squat. Other than maybe whatever brought these dreams to me showing that my sister would be moving in the future? Weird shit. So I guess maybe those dreams aren't dead. Now if the one about the evil paper doll comes true, ugh. Stay spooky and don't get scared by dreams or other things, George B. That's the thing about those dreams is you don't know that they're real until it's too late. Like, you know, like it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't even mean anything. So like, why do you have dreams about them? Because it's not like, oh, she toured this house and, you know, you had a dream of this closet to be able to warn her. Don't buy it. You know what yeah. I mean? That didn't happen. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Again, I need closure. So I would be always like, but what's going to happen? What does that mean? Also, I started watching this show called American Monster, maybe, I'm not sure, but it's just true crime stuff, and I dreamt that I had a serial killer in, like, the family, but it was also kind of paranormal, like, supernatural related, but I was a really good profiler in my dream. Everybody's good at stuff in their dreams. (laughs) Wow, and uh, I'm skidding and have great legs in my dreams. (laughs) You do have good legs, though. Jesus. But I remember waking up one time and I was like, go back to sleep because you almost got it. Oh my God. (laughs) I got so excited. (laughs) Ridiculous. Well, thank y'all for sending in all these stories. And, you know, they said where we are, December-ish 2022. So if you want your story read on an episode, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.